of all the things to not put in the sequels, no Sarlacc cameo? Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Justice for so Sarlacc. Funny. They could have had it at the end when she goes to Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she slides down the little hill, and then it's just a Sarlacc what? comes up and swallows her. <laughs> and then we see, like, the Skywalker ghosts on the ridge, like, nodding approvingly, and then it goes to <laughs> Plays the theme of the force, and they're like, "Oh yes, oh, all is yes. right." And then her ghost is well with them, like also yeah. nodding serenely. What's going on? Yeah, this yeah. was planned the whole time. This yeah. is what George I feel Lucas like this is a shockingly straightforward edit to do for people who are competent <laughs> with with those kinds of like. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's doable. Like I someone can make that. Yeah. Okay, now, okay. 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 Yeah. We better leave this in. <laughs> it would make no sense out of context. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Hello. Some funny stuff happened right before we uh, <laughs> we started this pod. I'm calling them out, so they have yeah. to leave it in. <laughs> well, our fate is sealed. And a very special guest today, Jenny Nicholson. Thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful to have you here. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. So as we I understand the, uh, it... Sorry, Red, go ahead. Well, as I understand it, I was not at VidCon, uh, but I got many very cool updates of all the people these guys ran into at VidCon. And then, <laughs> as mentioned on our marathon nine-hour stream yesterday, I get to reap all the benefits of that without having to ever leave the building. Um, exactly. Yeah. Didn't have so, to get COVID or anything. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> so, Blue, what's the story? <laughs> I, I mean, I was going to say we, we had the, the pleasure of running into each other at uh, one of the many... As, as I'm aware, many more than I was aware of, uh, fun evening parties at fancy hotels around the uh, the L.A. Anaheim Convention Center um, and chatted about all kinds of nonsense for an hour. I Frankly, it's been like a month. I don't really remember, but we had a blast. Uh, Dominic Noble and Kaluna were there. Um, we also got to meet your friend Bailey, who was lovely. Um, mm-hmm. It was fun. We just, uh, just met and it was like, podcast? Yo! So, yeah, at least that's how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I don't do that many podcasts, but Ooh. I guess it's because I don't meet that many people in person, you know? That's the that's the so. YouTuber life. That's the real <laughs> yeah. pro strat. Yeah, yeah. it's All like, oh, it's such a wonderful interconnected world and we never talk to each other in real life. <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of odd to just get emails, so I feel like I just ignore all of them. Sorry, my cat decided to make um, a special I appearance. saw, I saw the tail. Cat yes. Cleo's a huge Jenny fan. around. around. Okay. <laughs> She's a larger attention fan, but also a Jenny fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry. Is she actually rubbing herself on the microphone as we yeah. speak? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fully rubbing against the um the kind of back uh, foam shield that I've got. So I'm gonna try to yeah, talk like over my cat shield. to transition into the actual meat of the podcast here. But uh, <laughs> we had some fun videos uh, recently go up on our our YouTube channel, which is the so impetus for us having this podcast. Uh, Red, tell us about the Trojan War. That was. Uh, that one yeah. was a long time coming, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, credit where it's due, this video was your idea. I'm sorry, I'm mesmerized by what Cleo's doing right now. <laughs> I can't get over this, she's so cute. It's um, a tragedy this is not a video podcast oh my for God. just this episode. <laughs> killing me, Smalls. Uh, okay, right, Trojan War. Uh, so, as many of you who've stayed with the channel for a while know, the Iliad was one of the first videos, uh, one of the first, like, halfway good videos on this channel, and it was the first one that I animated, uh, animated, you know, animatic, I drew it. Uh, the story there is that uh, my initial plan had been to, like I did with my old Shakespeare videos, use movie footage, because I was like, oh, there's a movie for the Iliad, it's called Troy. And then I learned that Troy doesn't include any gods, making it functionally useless for me. So I had to, out of spite, draw like 300 plus little chibi images and 
probably learned more digital art in that like marathon two months <laughs> it took me than I did in the entire time I had that tablet before then. Uh, but because this is the first video I drew, it's not, people still like it and that's great. I love that. It's not good for me. I don't like it. <laughs> I can't possibly <laughs> still like it. Uh, and Blue, you pointed out like, you know, the Trojan War is a lot longer than just the Iliad and there's a lot of interesting sources there. And you know, now that you're a lot, <laughs> uh, for those of you at home, Blue has been slowly trying to wrestle Cleo <laughs> off the desk for the last several minutes. It's fine but up until quietly. she starts stepping on keys and then I need to take drastic <laughs> actions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crime. Crime. Uh, okay. Anyway, stay on target. Come on, man. Um, so how long did you spend on it? Like, total? Uh, this one? I want to say the research process. Uh, I, I don't tend to work on videos strictly linearly. I tend to work on a lot at once, so it's a little hard for me to, like, remember when exactly did I start the script and, and how long was it sitting on the back burner before I actually, you know, turned it into a script and recorded it. Uh, the actual drawing process probably took me a few few weeks. It was more visually complex than a lot of my videos. I, when I put more effort into each individual frame, they take longer. Shocker. Uh, but also the research process for this one was pretty long. Blue was very helpful because uh, you gave me like a list of like, yeah. <laughs> all the sources I could possibly Here's want. Here's the sources. Go nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I, I looked up a few more, but that was basically it. And some of them I was like, do I want to read this entire thing? Or can I just use the find function to find all the bits that talk about Achilles, <laughs> the only part yeah, I care about, which was exactly. honestly can't overstate how helpful it is to just be able to do a, a search through a, a digital book. Like librarians throughout the centuries are weeping with envy at our abilities in the 21st century. Um, and sort of constructing a cohesive narrative out of it wasn't hard because the Trojan War is already kind of a cohesive narrative. It was just mm -hmm. an interesting matter of being like, okay, you know, this story, there's a lot of flexibility. There's sort of like this weird quantum superpositioning of like, who is Helen of Troy's divine parent? Does she even have one? How exactly does Achilles die? What, what else? But everything else is very like laid out. It's like a fossilized dinosaur, fully articulated. All the bones are in the right place. It's just like, well, what did it, what did the whole thing look like? Well, we don't know. Maybe we put a little feather crest on there. This metaphor is getting away from me, but it was a very fun video and uh, people really liked it, which was cool. Um, I, I had a, a really good time with it and I'm glad I got to sort of spiritually revisit the Iliad video without remaking it because I saw I saw people requesting mm -hmm. that and it's like, you don't want that because people still like that and they'd be upset. Oh, Cleo's back <laughs> with a vengeance. I'm um, trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> valiantly battling for his life. It's always the guest there. episodes that I lose control entirely. <laughs> um, Cleo but, senses my weakness. Yeah. She's like, he's distracted. Now's the time to strike. Um, anyway, it, you know, it, the Iliad video, I don't like the idea of going back and remaking old stuff. I feel like that's mm -hmm. a rabbit hole I wouldn't be able to stop myself tumbling down. I... Everything can be corrected. Everything can be improved. The minute I put a video up, I'm like, there's things I could have fixed in there. And mm -hmm. if I if I let that fester, then it gets really bad. And the thing is, if I just remake something old and good, and, and Blue, you can remake old stuff and make it work. I don't have your self-control. <laughs> That's the main <laughs> issue here. I, you could be like, there it is. I'm happy with it now, and I'm not going to touch it again. But I would be like, well, now that I did the Iliad, I have to do the Odyssey and the Aeneid. And while I'm here, mm -hmm. maybe also and, Dante's Inferno through Paradiso. I don't know. And it's then you just... go through and do everything. The problem is that if you ever want to, you know, give into the urge to to remake something old and foundational to in this case you know our channels mm -hmm. you can never do it one to one yeah. so like doing an Iliad video wouldn't make sense but it's like okay you know we've got the Iliad we've got the Odyssey we've got the Aeneid videos if we just kind of smoosh those together into one thing that is also larger than all of them because we talk about you know all the the, the pre stuff and, and everything mm -hmm. that leads up to the war it ends up being different 
and a good companion piece to those. So it yeah. spiritually, you know, serves the purpose of, of redoing the, the original Iliad video without, uh, you know, nullifying it or, uh, or worse, uh, being a new version that takes a lot of time and people still like the old one better because of nostalgia. Yeah. Which is tricky. <laughs> or not even that, like a new version that the best case scenario is the audience that like the original will be like, this is better. And, you know, the worst case scenario is that you do all this work and it's not even for any benefit because it, it's really hard. <laughs> like that video took a lot out of me the first time I made it. Making it again with what I know now, it would be so much harder. And the benefit would be most people who already saw the original would be like, but I already know what happens in the Iliad. And that's it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but the Trojan War covering the whole thing, there's actual value in that. I can just put a little Iliad speed run in the middle and everything works out great. And uh, one thing I actually really like that came out of that is people were like, comparing the art from the new one to the original and be like, well, look how much Red has grown as an artist. And I was like, oh my God, oh, look how much I've changed. Like there's like the, the difference between Achilles killing Hector in the original where they're two little bobblehead chibis, just like <laughs> no color in the background, just raw sketchy line art charging cartoonishly into the foreground to the one I did in this video. And I was like, that is good actually. That's, wow, <laughs> wow, time is crazy. Um, so yes, I had a very good time with that video, and I'm I'm glad it exists now. I think it's I think it's a good, good thing to have, you know, because I, I haven't seen anyone really just actually lay out. Here's the entire Trojan War front to back. Most people focus on the highlights, mm -hmm. ourselves included. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the so Trojan War breaks very nicely down into the character stories of like you get the Achilles story with the Iliad, boy is mad. <laughs> you get the Odysseus story with the Odyssey boy is lost, and then you get, you know, the Aeneas story, which is boy is lost, and then is mad. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but, it's you know, actually getting the whole overarching, like, is, I think one of the things that we forget, it's like when thinking about Shakespeare, like, Shakespeare is actually really good. The story of the Trojan War is actually really good. It's just easy to, mm -hmm. I guess, forget that from yeah. a distance. And even us ourselves are kind of guilty of that sometimes, too. Yeah, well, you know, once something has put that much of, like, a footprint in pop culture, everyone sort of just assumes they know what it's like because they know all the memes. And it's like, well, if you go to visit the original, it's like, that's actually really interesting. But uh, that was my video. Uh, you also had a very interesting video in the last couple weeks. Speaking uh, of, of footprints <laughs> in pop culture, yeah, I, uh, I, I took it upon myself to do a video about, uh, it's called The Dark Ages Were Fine, actually, which was <laughs> my way of prepping for being seated on a convention panel about how the Dark Ages weren't actually that bad. And I did not get seated on that panel, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> playing a dangerous game on Where that was one. the panel? Tragic. What was Sorry? it for? What was the panel it for? It was going to be for uh, for WorldCon, ShyCon, uh, later this oh. year, but I, I got my draft schedule back, and it's like we had not selected you for the medieval panel. I'm like, dang no! it. That's okay. It's still oh, a good video. I, st yeah. I still yeah. I still was able to, to have my little like Rocky montage moment or whatever, but um, <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of construct this as a, um, not like a, a takedown or a debunking, but a, 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 a gentle correction in how we think about medieval history, where it's like, you know, we have a serviceable collective pop culture idea of like the rough aesthetic of what medieval times looked like but we tend to think it was way shittier than it probably actually was mm -hmm. or like really emphasize the crappy parts like you know the death the murder the sex and like really really go hard on that and very you know game of thrones it up just get it mm -hmm. just cover the medieval period in grime and that's not strictly untrue but it's a picture that is so like stuck to the medieval world that really doesn't apply much to how we think about Greece or Rome. We think of it like shiny, marble, clean. Mm -hmm. And the Renaissance is like, oh, shiny, marble, clean. And then early 
modern world is like, oh, steamboats or, you know, whatever. Industrial um, Revolution, coal. Yeah. Well, not, not as then, shiny, but still cool, you know? Yeah. Steampunk. But, like, the medieval period alone is kind of like the one that just gets shat on. Like, we don't like it for the reasons that it's actually cool and interesting. We assume everyone was dumb. We say, oh, you know, there, there weren't any sources. There was no writing. There was no science. Like, there actually was. A lot of that, uh, and then we're like, ah, oh, the Crusades, the most interesting and important part of medieval history. <laughs> Which, like, oh, no, it's, no, no it's, people can be nice. It's not all about the wars, guys, come on. Mm -hmm. So I, I I definitely bit off more than I could chew with this one, um, and I, I, I learned some lessons. But overall, I'm, I'm satisfied with, with how I was able to... Uh, to construct it, um, and and I had fun. I got to have my little my my, my little pot shots at, at Game of Thrones, and people being like, "Oh wow, you know, The Witcher is so cool and interesting." It's like <laughs> it is cool and interesting, but it's like that's it's it's just Polish Slavic folklore. Like that is interesting, but if that's the most like far out different thing that we get. And it's still Europe? Like, guys, come on, we really need to broaden our, our horizons of what we include in the fantasy genre. Like, come on, yeah, guys, for I, real. So. I wonder how much damage to medieval history uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail did, <laughs> genuinely. Because when I think of the aesthetic, it really is just that, like, oh, well, I didn't vote for you. Oh, I hope I'm being repressed scene, and that's all I get. And, it's, you know, I'm not a very historian you know? person, so it's like... That's fair. Yeah, yeah, how that's much exposure... When you discuss the sort of, like how people feel about this and how they think about it and how the aesthetic is just plastered over the reality. I just think about our various conversations we've had about Vikings and how the exact same problem applies there, but almost in reverse of like, oh, Vikings were so cool and rugged and grimy. And it's like very well-groomed, extremely robust tax code. Wow. <laughs> what a bunch of badasses they were. Anyway, it's, it's always fun because we don't normally do debunking videos anymore. We've sort no. of come to the conclusion that it's more trouble than it's worth because... And, and this video reaffirmed that for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was great. I thought it was very fun because it's, it's kind of rare to see you take like a slightly spicy stance. And it's so funny how the minute you do, the audience is like... Re, like retaliates tenfold like oh my god blue has an opinion crush it out of him <laughs> but then like from the back end i was just seeing you message like oh man i am loving all the spice in the comments today and i'm like yes yes it really, it really is funny when because i you know normally the comments that you know we get in our videos are, are fairly like you know level-headed and and even-tempered but with this video people were like how dare you say that the medieval period was nice and then also how dare you say that the medieval period wasn't like perfect and that it was bad and like i get it from both sides and some people were very interesting in how they took the tack of oh wow you know it's amazing that the medieval period could be interesting even though there wasn't a tyrannical roman emperor in charge of everything and i'm like whoa that's the angle wow um so people were really coming at it from like every single conceivable side i was to this not enough this to that not enough that which makes me feel like i maybe actually did something right because if yeah. in the middle of all this bullshit then <laughs> God, so I, man, it was, that was a weird one. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it. I learned my lesson. I had a good time. I don't know if I want to do that again. Also because it was two and a half continents, uh, over the span of a thousand years and 10 minutes, which was. That's a lot. A lot. And then That's people would still be like, I can't believe you didn't mention this one specific thing. And it's like, buddy, you know, you can make videos too, right? <laughs> you got all these good ideas. I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too like, oh, how, how dare anyone criticize me? I'm not, obviously not. Um, there are a lot of things that I, I genuinely did, uh, did wrong uh, and could have done better in that video, but There it it's... is. That's the rabbit hole. That's what we have to watch out for, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't but matter. It... You did your best. 
it, it really is, I think, exemplary of how much of a, of a spice pit medieval history can be because like everybody comes in with their opinions whatever it is whether it's like you know oh um you know how how dare you say anything nice about the medieval period because that icky church was stomping on everything or like oh yeah it's you can't win you can't win with that kind of thing everyone has such a strong opinion it's just like man this is why I usually don't hang out much in this in this part of history. <laughs> Ten years in the spice mines. I feel like medieval history and like World War II history are the two really spicy spots in in world history, where the like the fandoms that form around them have really weird opinions and like <laughs> like deeply entrenched fortifications. That like you just wander in, like oh hello, I've I've just blown in from World War One land. What's all these sharpened stakes in the ground doing, folks? <laughs> it's truly baffling. Yeah. So this is uh, probably the most I've, I've ever felt like after doing a video, like, wow, <laughs> history's fucked. Uh, <laughs> more than probably anything else I've done lately. Strolled through but, a minefield. Uh, you took a brief outing from your Greek and Roman zone and you're like, I'm going to go back here now. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's that meme of like, oh, I'll open the door. The little pink blob is like, what's inside? And the big punch. And then I, I thicken the glass <laughs> around me. Yeah. Not doing that again. Um, yep, yep. But, I mean, I did have fun. It was really nice to just bounce around. Like, this culture was cool. That culture was cool. Look at what China was doing. Look at what, you know, medieval Muslim Egypt was doing. Like, Sicily, Holy Roman Empire, actually kind of neat after you get past the, the, the dumb trying to call themselves Rome. It's like, it's actually <laughs> kind of cool. That's the worst cool. thing the Holy Roman Empire ever did. Yeah. <laughs> Appropriating <Yeah>. Rome. <laughs> no further crimes, Your Honor. Yeah. Um but um, anyway. that's probably all I can I can say <laughs> about that without just getting into the uh, to the like man uh, <laughs> history kind of zone. So yeah. um, with 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 that being what what we've had on the channel recently, including a, a stream, but that's that's a stream. That's not a video. Um, <laughs> not a Jenny, video. Jenny, for those sure. of you who uh, uh, for those in the audience who are not aware of, of what it is that you do, could you explain your channel and maybe if you want to talk about a recent video that you've done? Yeah, yeah um, it can be difficult to explain because I do have kind of a broad range of content. Usually I talk about movies and pop culture and things like that, but I'm also very interested in theme parks. And my most recent video was talking about uh, a church in Canada that does church plays where to celebrate the Easter story, they retell famous films. So over the course of years, they've had a Pirates of the Caribbean church play where Jack Sparrow is the Christ figure. Um, they've done Back to the Future. They've done uh, The Avengers. So just a lot of unlikely candidates and uh, truly impressive production values, I would say. And, uh, you know, just kind of examining and comparing the different years and uh, I guess uh, grading their quality. <laughs> celebrating their accomplishments even. I'm going to have to watch it because I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, when I saw the thumbnail and I saw Iron Man being crucified, I was like, I'm gonna save that for later when I'm Yeah, in a he's on like a space. construction beam yeah. or something being yeah. hoisted up by a winch. Yeah. I, I feel like in some respects, that's not like the hardest like rhetorical hoist to make because so much of like modern media ends up making everyone kind of a Christ figure. Like, the whole thing with, like, mm -hmm. Superman, Man of Steel is, but like... But you've just been yeah. watching a lot of Zack Snyder. That's a Snyder. I, mean, well, I, I, I know, but, <laughs> it's like... It's not as universal. <laughs> okay, maybe not, but I, I feel like maybe that's... Like, Hollywood has maybe given them, like, a... Like a uh, 
kind of a head start. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would think so. But then like, I don't know, like on one hand, people did say that because in the the Batman one, of course, they had a Dark Knight one. um, (laughs) Batman literally gets crucified on his own bat signal. Like the wings of the bat are where they nail his arms to. And uh, everyone in the comments. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone said in the comments. (laughs) They were like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was canon. Um, But then there were other ones like I think the weirdest one to me is Jack Sparrow. I would just consider him, yes, he died and came back in one of the films, but still, I would say a pretty unlikely Christ figure. Marty from Back to the Future was probably another one Mm -hmm. that I found really unlikely as a choice. So, uh, yeah, for how many pop culture things have an opportunity to do a Christ figure, it was kind of surprising which ones they picked and how clumsily a lot of them did fit the narrative. Yeah, those are inobvious Jesus analogs, I would (laughs) say. Just kind of driven by, I think, what the men in the church wanted to dress up as that year, oh, yeah. honestly. I was going to say, I, I, I bet that they, like, picked the prompt first and then worked backwards into making it actually, yeah. like, can we make this work? Yeah, let's yeah. fuck it, let's, I think let's their, it. their reasoning was, like, I want to do a pirate one this year. Superheroes mm-hmm. are big this year. We've never done a cowboy one. So, like, the inspiration was kind of that. And then they worked from there and then fit in, like, kind of slightly dated pop songs to go along with it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of wondering why they would use Tony Stark as the Jesus figure and not I know. Captain America I know. the actual <laughs> martyr complex. <laughs> it's a it's a questionable choice in many yeah. ways. Oh, but uh, dazzling on stage, a musical crucifixion, which was really <laughs> exciting. So, yeah, that was one of my favorite ones, actually, the Avengers one. It was really good. I'm not going to be ready for this. There's no I just imagine, like, like, an actual, like, Roman time traveled into the audience taking notes, like, oh, man, we could have killed him this way and that way. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. But you have a, a lot of other videos, some of which I have seen. Uh, I am a, quite fond of the last BronyCon autopsy. Uh, right, that's one of I, my favorites. I've watched it through a few times. I watched the early seasons of My Little Pony because I had a friend in high school and he was big into it. Uh, I th- He probably was kind of on the bleeding edge of the formation of brony culture before it became an actual phenomenon. Uh, so it was very interesting seeing what happened after <laughs> I stopped watching the Funny Pony show. <laughs> so did you ever interact with the brony side of it or just the show? I would say indirectly, uh, because this friend of mine was probably not exposing me to all the weird shit that he might have run into when he was perusing 4chan, uh, which I know he did do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I wasn't, I didn't go to any of the cons. I was not so into the show, uh, and it's not the kind of thing that really cross fandoms with the things I was going to conventions for, like sci-fi and fantasy conventions didn't really have so much dedicated brony stuff going on. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just sort of completely missed the boat on it. And then, like, when I was like, the show must have ended at some point, right? And then I see this video, and I'm like, oh, finally, an archaeological <laughs> yeah. excavation of that thing I watched for a couple of years there. It really ran an incredible amount of time, though. It ran for, like, ten years almost. I think nine total, yeah. which is crazy it, for a kid's I show. I thought it had to have ended before then, so I was startled to learn how much yeah. longer it went It had on. only just ended. It had ended, like, I think six months before that video or something. Good Gosh. grief. Wow. But... Yeah, lots of very cool stuff there. You're, it's great for like long form video content. When I'm working on videos, I will often have stuff like that just playing <laughs> in the background because I'm like, this is even if I've already watched it, I'm like, it's it's great. It keeps my brain just engaged enough right. that I don't Another. lose focus. I I also <laughs> think that from from our perspective, it's really fascinating to watch content like yours because we are so used to doing like you know all these these deep research dives and stuff like that. But it's for like like a ten minute video, maybe a thirty <laughs> minute one, like once a year when we're really like you know putting <laughs> the effort for it. 
And then, you know, creators like yourself will just be like, two hours, let's go. And I'm like, hell yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so A impressive. Full meal. <laughs> the true yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to just cover everything. I think at the same time, it's like you were saying about not wanting to repeat old topics and go back to stuff. I feel like there's added pressure to be like, okay, this is the only video I'm gonna make about bronies. I'm not gonna do a part two. <laughs> I'm not gonna come back to it. So I have to put in everything. Um, but then on the other hand, the shorter ones, I'm sure it's hard to like pick what's actually important and pare it down to what it needs to be. So it's a different I challenge. guess either way, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one, I think that's more of a problem on the history side of things because a lot yeah. of the myths I cover are like three sentences and then I have to be like, how do I turn this into something that isn't a minute and a half long? <laughs> yeah. How much context can I pack in? But with you, it's like, all right, I have a continent and a thousand years. Let's see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's exactly. see what Lori Joe can do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, okay, I could talk about this entire king or I can just like, yeah, do I really... Can I just call Napoleon a guy and be done with it and just skip that whole thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what what entire like university courses worth of material I'm gonna am I just gonna choose to write off in a sentence for expediency? <laughs> yeah. Whew, it's 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 a yeah. wide range because there are also some stories we cover where it's like, well, a detailed granular summary would be uh, twelve pages and. 70 minutes long and I'm not going to do that so here's what we're going to do instead <laughs> it's like alright I've pared it down to 7 and then I hand it over to Blue and he's like I've gotten it down to 5 <laughs> I chopped off the parts you didn't care about so um, but I, I really I personally probably could not do half the work I do if I didn't have long form video essays to uh, keep my brain uh, tricked into functioning sort of by <laughs> giving it enough to do something to chew on while I, I use it for other stuff um, so I, I'm very fond of of a lot of it, and I, I'm just, I'm remembering like the one where you watched all the Land Before Time movies, right. and I was like, I saw one of these, and uh, that was in a that was in a dinosaur science class, so it's gonna be interesting to see where they went after this. <laughs> yeah, they really went off the rails. It, it almost became a totally different genre by the end of it. Like it went from pretty grounded and dark to like My Little Pony, but with yeah. like rainbow dinosaurs. Very strange. <laughs> I mean, you know, the memes about it are all about, oh man, Littlefoot's mom, that's the saddest thing ever. And then mm -hmm. it's like, we're going to use our stretchy necks to stop a solar eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing we're doing. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. We've drifted somewhat, but very They exciting. fired the one actual, like, paleontologist on the team, <laughs> and then the writers are just like, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do <laughs> yeah. this. We're going to have fairy dinosaurs. We're going to have, yeah. I don't know, robot Aliens. dinosaurs in the future or something. The alien Aliens. dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the alien dinosaurs. <laughs> Possibly I repressed the alien dinosaurs. Yeah. 50 /50. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Th there really is an an incredible skill in being able to to take a t whatever the topic is and presenting it in such a way that the audience is like yeah, I do want to know exactly how the Land Before Time movies ended up. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's a goodwill you have to build up. Like, I feel like a lot of my earlier videos were very mainstream topics. And then after a while, I would be like, I can probably do a video on the Avatar Land in Disney World. <laughs> and maybe people one. will watch it now that they're more used to what my videos are like. And uh, now I've just totally gone off the rails, I think. Now it's just a lot of weird topics. But I uh, like it. Yeah. I think that it is interesting. There's a level of interest just in seeing someone who is passionate about something discuss it. And there's a lot of videos I've seen where I'm like, well, I'm not interested in the topic, 
but I am interested in why it's eight hours long. And <laughs> yeah. now I'm, I mean, the, like the, the Quentin Reviews Victorious videos, I've watched them all like four times at this point. I've never seen that show and I don't want to. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this analysis. Why not? Um, and I mean, you know, like a lot of people who watch our channel are like, why would I, I'm not super passionate about this random culture that you retold a myth from or whatever, but I do like how you tell stories. So right. it's, it's interesting, you know, when we sort of cultivate an audience after a while, the audience is just like, yeah, I'm here because I like you and how you do things. Mm-hmm. It almost doesn't matter what you, well, I mean, it obviously does, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter as much as you might think. Yeah, it's exactly kind of a trust discussing. that gets built up. Yeah. yeah. We all as presenters become the the Trojan horse apt metaphor slash joke into (laughs) whatever the hell ridiculous topics that we're on about at this given point in time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I had a a Trojan horse related prompt for you guys. If someone was trying to smuggle soldiers, maybe just one soldier for like size constraints into your home, what do you think they would conceal it within to fool you? That's an excellent question. That's really good. Yeah. Also airing our potential greatest weaknesses know, for our it's, PO it's box. a dangerous <laughs> thing. That's why I'm asking, actually. A crate oh, labeled with something. Um, <laughs> hmm. I feel, Red, for you, I feel like it would be, like, a very large, like, soft, squishy, like, beanbag chair. Oh, man. Or, like, a love sack. If it has, like, cat ears, you're done. Sack. <laughs> it, you're right. I was going to say something like, yeah, like, if I ordered swords online and it came in a suspiciously big box, I wouldn't notice. But you're absolutely right. If it was like, yeah, I'd order a second really big beanbag chair. And it, I mean, I... The beanbag chair I have has a guest mattress in it, so I need to oh kind of God. remove it and put it back in several times. So I know you can fit a person in there. <laughs> I know that intimately at this point. So yeah, that is absolutely how someone would Trojan horse their way <laughs> into yeah, it my would, It would just show up at your door and you'd be like, well, I didn't order this, but I will take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, more squishy furniture and it has cat ears. How could I say no? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you absolutely got me. Yeah. Yeah, and then Odysseus jumps out and stabs you himself. Like, oh, um, wow, it's such an honor. Can you sign my book? Yeah. <laughs> you okay. say, can you sign my blood? My book, but that oh. works too. <laughs> In whatever's available. Um, hmm. With you, I feel like it would have to be a large Lego set, you know? Large like, Lego set. Like Honestly, a, a, a box of swords, if large enough, would also do it. What? I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be easy to convey that it is swords <laughs> from the box. Well, you got to write it well, on I the outside. Well, I feel like for Lego, <laughs> it would have to be like a Duplo, like the toddler blocks in order mm. to fit a soldier in it. But would that be like too babyish for you to be interested? Well, I think it's like if they disguised it as this is the brand new like Lego, the entirety of the Roman Empire at its mm. height set. You know, it, it requires <laughs> right. like a football field to assemble it in. Here's box one of 37 and or, it happens to be person shaped. You'd be like, yes, perfect. Give it to and me. And they yeah. put some blocks <laughs> in to make the sound when you move the box. So it, exactly. like, it checks yeah. out. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> yeah. how it would work. Because yeah. like they, they released the Lego Coliseum like two years ago. If they were to do like a one to like 24 scale model of Rome and Lego, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the dive. I'll open this box up. I'll, if I die, I die. But like, if, if it is like big, if true, I'll, well, I'll go for it. Well, you don't have to think you're going to die. You, in yeah. this context, it's a surprise. You think yeah. it's yeah. just a lovely gift. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, no I feel idea. like we really got this. But also yeah, whatever I'm... soldier is hidden inside the box of Legos is like undergoing their own special flavor of hell. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, they're like, stepping on like, them oh, constantly. Yeah, plush and comfy and you're just, <laughs> just like, <laughs> Out, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they drew straws over who would do which one for that. Gosh, yeah, no, I, I think that's it. We're, we're absolutely doomed. Red with with mm-hmm. the giant plush, me with a with a box of of Legos. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, Jenny. What what do you think yours might be? Uh, I've thought about it carefully, 
And I'm in the market. My, my goal when I get to a million subscribers to celebrate is to get an apple pie tree, which was a big fiberglass tree that they used to have in the McDonald's play areas. Um, and, you know, within the McDonald's lore, this is where the apple pies grew on. I feel and, like I've uh, seen these, yeah. They're beautiful. <laughs> well, and also, they're hollow. So, and they're, you know, about six feet tall. So yep. I'm thinking that I would, I would roll it in on a dolly and I'd be so <laughs> pleased. And then the next day, the tree would have fallen over. I would think that someone had felled my beautiful tree and then I would realize a soldier had crawled out of it. Yeah, that's or how I would if die. you notice that all of yeah. your your hamburgers in your fridge are gone, and there was this was the hamburger's <laughs> oh, the own hamb job. Okay, <laughs> or maybe even grimace. He was oh, evil yeah. for a time. Before, yeah. yeah, before he had his heel face turned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. His redemption arc in book three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta know all the lore. That's yeah, what yeah. I'll do a history video on is like all the McDonald Land characters. There's. There <laughs> There's probably a lot. Well, I'll probably <laughs> but, actually do that when I get my apple pie yeah. tree. That'll be yeah. the video. And when you do, we will have you back on the podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll just steal your format. Uh, uh, It'll look then, just um, like one of your vids. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, a couple quick uh, announcements from, from us on the OSP side. We had our, our big fun uh, charity stream that we did um, yesterday with a handful of, of, of fun guests. We played Stray. We played Lego Star Wars. At time of release, um, it won't have been yesterday. It'll be the Sunday. Oh, you know what? It was several days ago. Yeah, we yeah. raised $10,000 for direct relief for that, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, we read part of the Joss Whedon Wonder <laughs> Woman script, and I oh, aged my gosh. five years in real life. It was so fun. I had such I a good read time. That. I got to narrate. I got to read all the stage directions and descriptions oh, of the my characters. God. Strange focus on feet, but you could have guessed that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a time. <laughs> and then uh, also, I I don't know if um, I think that's 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 it for us. We had a we are on the cusp of two million subs, but we're on, we're on the edge of yeah. yeah we're on the edge of something big, but we're not there yet. So that's a, that's yet. a next podcast update. Wow. But, yes, um, yes. What kind of fiberglass tree are you gonna get to celebrate? <laughs> yeah. Or two fiberglass trees even? Um, oh, that's a good idea. I, I actually have like a five foot fake olive tree Ooh. in our house that my wife and I use as like a year round Christmas tree, but not Christmas tree nice. tree. Yep. So that we can yep. like we can put the lights on it, but then it's like yeah. it's a plant uh, kind of thing, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that counts. I'd yeah, that counts. just wheel um, it in. Yeah, <laughs> and there's nowhere to hide a Roman soldier or a- No, it'd be way harder. Yeah. Too thin, yeah. yeah. Um, so that uh, that is probably it for, for us on the OSP side. Jenny, do you have anything, um, you could plug your channel or, or anything else yeah. that you'd like to, to mention? Well, I'm working on a bunch of different videos right now, but uh, the two soonest ones, I believe, are going to be one about Evermore, a LARP-themed theme park in Utah. It's very small, very few people have heard of it. And uh, I went there really and I learned a lot. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Obviously I thought it was gonna be like a 30 minute fun travel video. And I uncovered a lot of things about oh. the park. So now it's gonna be like a three hour expose, I guess. Oh um, man, <laughs> wow. yeah. I'm I've done yeah. LARPing exactly once, uh, and then I didn't do it again. So I'm, I'm fascinated just, to see where this goes. We just well, like, took a bunch tease. of Nerf swords even... out onto like a park and then just like sword Yeah, well they did kind of have Nerf swords, but right. uh, the crux of it is like, they didn't really deliver on anything that they advertise. Oh. So my friends oh. and I went like ready to LARP and it's really just like a field. <laughs> like, oh. What is this? Like none of the buildings oh, no. were finished. They had like a couple actors and you'd go up like, can I have a quest? And they're like, 
uh, find me some gold. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so you just kind of wander with like nothing to do. So, oh, uh, yeah. And then I talked to some former employees. It, it got, it got intense. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hyped. Yeah. <laughs> Anticipating that one. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, with that, let's move on to the Q and A portion of the video. Cool. Yeah. Video I'm podcast excited. hack. So Damn it. close. <laughs> yeah. So close. Hello and welcome to the Q and A portion of the overly sarcastic podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first on a future episode. This question comes from Lonely By Wanderer. To all, you can try one fictional food from any book, movie, show, game, etc. What is it and why? So if you were trying to test out a fictional food, which one would you want to eat? Ooh. Wow. That's a, that's a toughie. My brain immediately <laughs> went to Lembus, which is known for being utterly flavorless. So maybe not that, but... Okay. Maybe feeling better, that's also where my brain went. Just because I'm like, well, if it's... Why would you eat... It makes you really full, and you don't enjoy eating it. It's like well, the yeah. worst thing you could eat. It's like heavily it's sort of caloric, like a, a no joy. Curiosity, you know. Like <laughs> I kind of just need to know what it, what it could possibly taste like to be. And you're like that was boring, and they're like, but "Do you want to eat something delicious now?" And you're like, "I can't." I, I'm too I so there was like a, a TikTok I got served. It's like, "Here's how to make lembas bread in real life," and I was like, "Well, I gotta try this." And you know what it tasted like? Hard tech. Right. Like yeah, it was bad. It wasn't. Yeah. Was but I mean, you know, it, it's basically the same premise by which the real world Soylent brand markets <laughs> itself. Like you don't you do you like not thinking about food, but you don't like starving? Have we got the solution for you, baby? So you know, I don't know if it counts as fictional, but any of the like um, chocolate ice cream that Troy is always ordering on Star Trek: The Next Generation. I know it's a real <laughs> food, but it's technically like materialized. So that right. could maybe okay. I gotta know. You know, it's more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> the first place my <laughs> mind went to was those uh, those fruits from One Piece that give you like Ooh. magical powers yeah. or some nonsense. Mm, I cheating. haven't watched it or read it, so I don't know how they work, but I know they exist. Yeah. Well, you I get feel like that's they cheating. also make you like violently yeah. allergic to salt water or something it, like it that. It makes the ocean hate you, is what the canonical oh. explanation is. So, Excuse me. That's wow. yeah. So if you get it's it's very there are very specific rules about it. Uh, because there have been people with like snow related superpowers from the fruit, but never directly water because it makes uh, the ocean hate you so that if you like if you fall into the sea, you would be unable to swim and drown. Um, and then like rivers, I think the same thing, but like rain doesn't hurt you necessarily. It's a there's a very specific <laughs> set of rules and I do not know all of them by heart. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, but that would be pretty cool. I mean, you know, a small price to pay. <laughs> so you can't swim ever again. That's okay. live in the desert. Yeah. 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 And you right. Superpowers. I have a couple possible ones. One of them is kind of weird. Uh, in the game, Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo, if any of you have played it, he goes to the snack wagon and there's like this really decadent hot chocolate that the snack wagon pours for him out of its little spout. And uh, it just looks delicious. And then my backup answer is probably the giant omelet from Neopets. Ooh, yeah. You know, like warmed by the sun, <laughs> it looks really gooey. So probably one of those. Yeah. I, I think I, I like the putt putt answer because I've watched um, putt putt saves the zoo speed runs. Oh <laughs> no, I love also, that game. I remember you. Said <laughs> it's a good game. It's probably the best putt putt game, and putt putt's probably the best game franchise. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gaming definitely peaked. I mean, before microtransactions, before really, really uh, predatory <laughs> business models. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. uh, putt putt is. Um, 
it's good game design. Yeah. Say the, you don't <laughs> it's good game design, yeah. <laughs> I'm suddenly blanking on every fictional food I've ever seen. Uh, tree Stars right in the Land Before Time. I've Ooh. never wanted to eat a leaf more. I feel yeah. like they're on to something true. there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Didn't they? Weren't, wasn't just all the eating animation in that movie weirdly like, like just absolutely going to town on some grass from the ground being like, <laughs> well, oh, they were yeah. starving. Should, yeah. yeah. They yeah. loved it everything they It did make me as a child want to eat plants. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, that's a ringing endorsement, I feel like. You know, if a 10-year-old is going to walk outside afterwards, be like, there's a leaf, better eat it. Maybe you can feed them salad or something. Yeah. Make it constructive. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. Uh, awesome. We've got a lot of great fictional foods floating around. Uh, but this next question... Maybe that movie was just propaganda by Big Salad. Anyway, now, <laughs> next question. <laughs> this next question comes from Sebast Castell. Uh, to all, what is your favorite scene from a bad movie? Not a so bad it's good moment, but a moment that you would say wouldn't be out of place in a good movie. Something like the Sandman's birth in Spider-Man 3 or the you are my son line from Man of Steel. So good scene in an otherwise bad movie. I have my answer for this. Uh, (laughs) That was fast. It is in, I want to say, it is in one of the two live action Scooby-Doo movies. Um, I believe it is in the second one uh, where... Shaggy's character arc throughout this movie is that he's been undergoing a metatextual existential crisis about being a comic relief character. And there's a bit where the gang are like in like their clubhouse trying to figure out how they're going to deal with the monsters that have been unleashed in Scooby 2 2 Monsters Unleashed. Mm-hmm. And I believe <laughs> the, the scene begins with Shaggy saying, like they're totally having a montage in there without us. Uh, <laughs> and, and then wow. the line that genuinely broke my heart is he said, once. Just once, I wish I could do the right thing on purpose. And if that is just not the ultimate, the comic relief character's lament, just (laughs) heartbreaking that this character who understands the rules of his universe enough to know that he is there to be funny while his friends are there to save the day. And he's just like, I want to help. I want to do the right thing. But all I can ever do is mess up in ways that work. And then he gets to save the day at the end. And it's, it's great. So, wow. Objectively, not a good movie. It's a live-action Scooby-Doo movie. Of course, it's bad. <laughs> what are you but talking about? Those bit... are cinematic masterpieces. They're a oh yeah, yeah, right part. up there with Speed Racer, <laughs> the live-action movie. Hey, that movie slaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you saying that this one doesn't? <laughs> J'accuse. I've caught you in a lie. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Blue, what about you? You got anything? I'm trying to think. I know that I, I, I've been accused of having bad taste in film, but of course now that I'm on the spot, I can't conjure any. Um, well, like you just watched a couple is, Snyder movies. Was there anything that stood out in those? I, oh, you know, um, that's, that is fair. I did watch Man of Steel recently. Didn't, didn't like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, there, there are a couple ones that I think are, are, are contenders in there. Um, Lois tracking down Clark by, like, following the trail of compassion is cool, but it's not necessarily compelling. Um, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is tough. Because, like, I have to think of, like, all the dumb movies that I usually knock out of my brain mm-hmm. and then pick the one good mm-hmm. scene in that. That's the trick, God, you know. This hard. is why I watch right. bad movies on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> and the, the good bits stand out because you're not expecting them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would probably um, say in in the second Breaking Dawn, Breaking Dawn Part yeah. Two from the yeah. Twilight Saga, um, there's a fight scene at the end. For people who are not familiar with the Twilight films, 
or the books. In the book series, uh, everyone is gearing up for a big fight, and it never happens. They talk their way out of it. Um, but in the film, because it's a film and they wanted to have a final conflict, you know, because it's a story, um, they decided <laughs> to have the psychic character, unbeknownst to the audience, have a vision of a big fight where many major characters die and the good guys ultimately triumph, and then it snaps out of it. And uh, the twist is that it was all happening in her vision. None of these characters actually died. And then you find out that's how they talked their way out of it. So it, it's a big fake out, but um, it's such, they go so nuts with the fight scene in a way that was like very exhilarating. And I thought it was so electrifying to watch it at the, at the midnight screening because mm -hmm. the audience reaction at first, everyone was horrified because it's all these like fangirls and uh, like uh, several members of Edward's family die and they not only die, they get their heads ripped off and then their yeah, bodies set on fire. And like the earth opens up, werewolves are falling into the chasms of the earth, everyone's screaming. Uh, and then, so everyone was kind of screaming in horror in the theater. And then the good guys started having some cool moments where they win. And I remember at one particular moment, Edward picks up Bella and he swings her around and then throws her like a weapon. <laughs> and then she lands on the shoulders of one of the bad vampires and together they twist his head off his shoulders. And then the audience started like cheering and were super into it to, to the extent that they were really betrayed again when they found out it was fake. Um, but I would argue then that the fight scene was actually an improvement and a good scene and they should have just stuck with it. They should have mm -hmm. stuck with their guns, it kept the characters that died dead and just been like, yep, the movie's different than the book. Because I've uh, actually edited yeah. footage from that fight scene <laughs> into a video recently. I think it's the <laughs> one that goes up on Friday. Um, oh my it is. It's <laughs> the video that goes up on Friday. It's one of the only fight scenes I've ever seen where if you slow it down and look in the background, there are actually still fights happening. Like rather yeah, than just I someone mean, like swinging wildly. Yeah, it's, nuts. it's bananas. <laughs> I, I think there's also like a corridor crew, like a stuntman react video where they discuss that. And one of the stuntmen who was in that scene was like, yeah, I had this really rough, like, like they launched me off an air ramp <gasps> into a dead man fall and you can't even see it in the final cut because oh I'm behind the main characters. <laughs> it's crazy um, how much like it's not even a real set. They've just put them on like a white void and yeah. then they're just flinging them around on wires. <laughs> it does work because it's on a snowfield, so yeah. it pops in easily. Well, but it's, it's convenient just, it's, that they only have fights on snowfields in the yes, Twilight it's series. It's just, it's absolutely <laughs> bananas from a series of movies that are mostly about romance and like mm -hmm. being sad. And then suddenly it's like, we're going to give you 10 minutes of the most densely action-packed footage you're yeah. probably gonna see ever. <laughs> and crazy violent for, I think it's like yeah. a PG-13 film. I know yeah, they're bloodless, starts... but it's a lot of decapitations and <laughs> yeah, limb removals. His head gets ripped off and we yeah. see it. And it's like, you see it held me. up in the guy's <laughs> hand and his eyes are like rolled back in his head. It's like the most horrific visceral image. It's terrifying. And it's <laughs> like, like, that a would horror be a cool sting. timeline. Yeah, but then it's like, they that's your stuck future. With it. It's like, okay, cool, we're good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Let's all leave before we have anything cool yeah. happen. <laughs> uh -huh. That's a good one. My mind jumped to, um, and this doesn't count because I actually think episode three is a good movie because okay. I'm, I'm... That's okay. I'm, I'm vetoing you on that. It's I a bad movie. I almost went for so. some scenes from that. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, the scene after Anakin kills the younglings, he's in the temple, like, looking out to the sky in Coruscant, and Padme's, like, looking back from across town, like, great acting there. But yeah. the answer I was actually going to give, I was, I was almost there when I was thinking of Man of Steel. I was just ever so slightly off. The beginning of Batman v Superman, where Bruce Wayne is yes. dealing with oh. the fallout in the Metropolis fight, 
right so is right. actually really good and kind of compelling. And then it's such a bait and switch because the rest of the movie sucks ass. But that <laughs> first scene set everyone minutes. up for thinking like, wait, is this like, this is actually good. Like we're like examining the consequences of what happened before. Oh, no, it's it's the Martha movie. Okay, right. that's, that, that's where we are. <laughs> the first six minutes of that movie made me think everyone had to be wrong about it because just that one shot, they, they knew it was good. They put it in the trailer where like the building is collapsing and you got this huge like smoke cloud just rolling down the street and everyone else is running away and Bruce Wayne is sprinting into it and he doesn't even yeah. break stride and it's like that Ooh, is so good. it's similar to the scene in the Batman when the car has crashed the funeral and like the door opens and everyone else flinches away and Bruce doesn't move at all it's another mm-hmm. just physical indicator of this is Bruce Wayne he don't fuck around yeah. but um yeah yeah, so, and then the so that's my the answer is the the opening sequence of of BVS because man that movie blows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got something First, indigo? Yeah, I so maybe it's just because I watched it like two days ago, but uh, in Little Italy, which does have Caden Christensen in it, I've so there's sort that. of a through line in our answers. Yeah, <laughs> the the whole B plot of the two grandparents falling in love. They have a lot of very heartfelt <laughs> moments where they're like sneaking around trying to get together and like professing their love in a very profound way. And I just find that very compelling in a movie that is otherwise just awful. Like it's so boring. Um, I can't okay, even I remember the part seen... you talked about. It just washed over my brain like a yeah, warm bath. It's truly a nothing movie. It promised me like yeah. pizza parlor Romeo and Juliet and it gave mm-hmm. me nothing. Um, it was very, yeah. very tame. Not so fun. Yes. I wanted so much. So I've heard it, nothing about this movie. What is the deal? The I don't uh, think so, it got know, a theatrical release. No, what? it was on Netflix. Um, you know oh. Romeo and Juliet, that famous Shakespeare play that's been remade a thousand times? I've heard of it. Yeah, so imagine that it's a it's a two Toronto-based pizza parlors because that is the most iconic location of Little Italy is, of course, Toronto notably right. has <laughs> huge tax cuts for films shooting there. Um, and <laughs> in it, <laughs> the two the children of these two rival pizza parlors um, had a thing when they were kids. Then the girl went off to study chef stuff. They come back together um, and they very quickly begin the most boring falling back in love story. And she decides at the end, after he catches her at the airport, to stay in Little Italy. But behind all of that is a weirdly compelling love story between their grandparents, who are just living out the same plot line, but in a much more interesting way. And if the movie was just that, I would have liked it. But unfortunately, it is not about them. It's very much about Hayden Christensen. I'm sorry. Yeah, the leads are Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts. Yeah, they live at the end, unfortunately. How is that, Romeo and Juliet? There's a lot of, like, very boring pop songs playing in the background like there's like uh, they like could have done like a remember song. me and then you think right? they've gotten together and then it reveals it's 9-11 <laughs> and they're, they're in the twin towers <laughs> in this Toronto pizza parlor yeah that or the end of <laughs> Jupiter ascending um, when what's her name has to like choose but Red made me watch this movie on a different podcast and <laughs> I now did. my brain is permanently I'm not sorry. consumed by it um <laughs> At the end where she's talking to uh, Eddie Redmayne, but he's screaming and she gives up like her life to save all of humanity or something. That was a weirdly good scene in that movie that didn't earn it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like the last 15 minutes of the movie suddenly decide that there are stakes like, and what things are interesting good, now. Actually? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the bit where she actually makes the smart decision of like, yeah, it sucks that you're going to kill me and my family, but that does not actually matter as much as saving the entire earth. So mm-hmm. to go for it. It's like, what? a wise, like, selfless decision from a protagonist in an action movie? (laughs) 
I also like the part where he's like, where he's like, oh, you can't shoot me, you know, you're just like her. And then she just like, without breaking her eye contact, look, (laughs) points the gun down and shoots him in the leg. (laughs) It's just very funny. (laughs) Suddenly it's good for the last 15 minutes is payback for for slogging through the first two hours. Yeah. Yep. Um, Well, this next question comes from Dry Bones. To all, how do you deal with burnout? Do you often encounter burnout when making videos? And if so, what is your plan of action? Mm. Oh, I sneeze. That's a, yeah, that, that's a kind of heavy one. Um, I yeah, I figured I'd let you guys with... talk about bad movies for a few minutes and then spring this one on you. Yeah. <laughs> Just lull us into a false sense yeah. of security. It's a reverse palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mostly avoid dealing with burnout whenever I can because if you reach the point of burning out, you've probably already been sort of working at a pace that you can't sustain for a long time and it just, the damage compounds like crazy. So I try to not put myself in that situation. Uh, I, I've had a lot of practice managing my own uh, work ethic and, and setting my own schedule and sort of testing my limits of what I can do if I push it and how long I have to recover afterwards. So I, if I feel like, okay, I've got the brain fog and I can't get through this, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do something else for a while. I won't just keep pushing through. The, the, the analogy I've used is it's like, if, you're, if your car is stuck in a snowbank, you're not going to get out of it by flooring it. You're just going to do damage to your engine, and you're still going to be snuck in the snowbank. You have to mm-hmm. back up and do something else. So, so the way I deal with burnout is I try very hard to not deal with burnout. And thus far, <laughs> it's served me pretty well. Yeah, I think it's very similar for me. I Maybe this is frustrating to people uh, <laughs> waiting for my videos, but... I do tend to just put a project down and work on something else and then just figure like, you know, whatever is done first is what will be released next. But I, I keep a lot of uh, balls in the air, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a not so used expression anymore because it sounds weird to talk about balls. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I juggle a lot air. of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I juggle a lot of different things and just kind of hop between. So and I feel like sometimes that helps a lot. Like the BronyCon video came out a year after the last BronyCon because I started working on it right when I got back from it and then felt like I it had gotten really long. I had no sense anymore of what to cut out, what was actually interesting. So I put it down for like almost a year and then came back to it with like fresh eyes and uh, had a much better sense of like what I wanted to include. So yeah. yeah, I think that helps a lot to jump to new stuff. Yeah, I think as a general rule, like the art you create when on the verge of burning out is not gonna be as good as what you could create if you weren't on the verge mm-hmm. of burning out. So it benefits everybody to genuinely back off and like give yourself time to recover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Blue, yeah. <laughs> you've been sort of awkwardly, <laughs> you know. Don't mind me. Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, part of it is, um, you know, similar to Red, we, we have a very fortunate system of how the channel works that whenever one of us needs a hand the other one is usually able to pick it up in some way um for instance the video that we the the entire impetus for the superman detail diatribe that we did on um last last month what it was like end of june yeah um, yeah yeah June, june july um was because after getting back from vidcon I was absolutely knackered, uh, <laughs> uh, and I just like I couldn't think, I couldn't focus, I I couldn't make anything work. So I was like, uh oh, red, bad news. Um, and we're able yeah. to do that, and then that was able to to give me like a, a little bit of a runway time to kind of recover and rest. And uh, I might end up doing something similar in the near future uh, because it's it's been it's been a long summer, and the heat wave has not helped. Um, <laughs> but um, being able to kind of see things ahead of time 
is um, <laughs> is helpful to avoid it in the first place because you know prevention's better than cure and all that. Exactly. Um, yeah. But even you know when you're you're in it, um, I've found that I am able to weaponize a. <sighs> It's a biblical concept called the Noonday Devil, which is, there's a long history uh, to it, but essentially there was like this old like historical thing where the, these monks would go and like meditate, and then as soon as they sat down to meditate, they would want to do anything else, <laughs> like literally anything else, and it's like, oh, let me get out of here, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I've mm -hmm. learned that I can weaponize that. Yeah. So if mm -hmm. I ever go somewhere and like for a weekend, just whether across town or, you know, anything, go to a park, you know, it doesn't have to be far, it doesn't have to be expensive, like go and just sit and just like read something I'll start getting ideas for other stuff that I want to do and it's not like stuff I want to do instead like I'll still you know I'm, I'm here I'm reading I'm enjoying my book but like I was out on vacation with um, with Cyan just you know little car drive distance away and I was reading for like an afternoon and I read very slowly I didn't even finish the 200 page book I was working on but I was like man this actually gives me a lot of stuff I want to talk about. This is great and I had like ideas for a story and like all kinds of stuff so I was able to weaponize being in a place, not having anything to do, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Um, and that ended up being being quite useful. Um, but uh, it's yeah. for me, it's, it's a combination of, of, of those two things. And not that, it, you know, that always works. Sometimes if you're tired, you're tired. Mm -hmm. um, I've I found a lot of power in just kind of sleeping it off uh, <laughs> as much mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. So, um, Essentially, yeah. it seems like we've actually kind of reached a, a quorum here where it's like you need a lot of different things that you can do Fine. and mm -hmm. uh, swapping between them can help, but also just giving yourself permission to do something else for a while. Sometimes yeah. that's all your brain needs to like sort of recharge. I've Part of the reason why my, my schedule is the way it is is because I've, I've also done that sort of like, all right, I'm gonna do anything else and then I'm gonna wanna work on this again. But also if you have enough projects going, you'd be like, all right, I'm so burned out on this one project. So I'm just gonna do this one slightly to the left and then, oh, look at that, I'm making more progress anyway. And sometimes mm -hmm. you are tired, but a lot of times it's just like, you're tired of this specific thing. It's like, it's like when you're a little kid and you have a lot of food on your plate and they're like, oh, you got to eat more peas. And you're like, I'm tired of peas. And they're like, well, but, you know, here's dessert. And you're like, I'll eat dessert. And they're like, oh, so you, were, you, you weren't hungry when there were peas. It's like, I just didn't want to eat more peas, man. Yeah. I had enough peas. Everything's fine. Uh, your brain is like that. It, it, it needs a lot of different outlets. And, and if you're feeling like you're stuck, coming out and trying different angles is a good way to find a way forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, cool. this next question, question is completely unrelated. It comes from Sorcerer Pizza <laughs> Supreme. To all, favorite Star Wars creature? Ooh. Creature. Oh, yes. Um, they don't define creature, so that's up to you. Um, <laughs> I am fond of Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> my favorite creature. Just Harrison Ford on set. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I they like think the I'm going to say a answer is Baby Yoda. But oh, like, well, oh. is that true? Huh? Do you stand by well, Baby Yoda? I think everybody likes Baby Yoda, but it's not he's not my favorite. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I just from a world building standpoint, I really like the Sarlacc because <laughs> I mean it's it's an open secret at this point that Star Wars is just sword and sorcery fantasy in space. And I like how it's like that could have been anything. It's just a it's effectively just a bottomless pit. But they mm -hmm. were like, This bottomless pit is alive and has thirty pages of lore about its digestive process. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unnecessary, but I'm so happy they did it. It doesn't move. It doesn't make any sense as an organism. We only ever see one. Of all the things to not put in the sequels, no Sarlacc cameo? Come yeah. on. Yeah. 
just, Justice for so Sarlacc. They could have had it at the end when she goes to Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she slides down the little hill and then just a Sarlacc Whoops. comes up and swallows her. <laughs> and then we see like the Skywalker ghosts on the ridge like nodding approvingly and then it goes to credits. <laughs> Plays the theme of the force, and they're like, Oh, yes, all is right. And then her ghost is with them, like, also nodding serenely. This was planned the whole time. I feel like this is a shockingly straightforward edit to do for people who are confident with those kinds of like, I feel like that's doable. Like, someone can make that. Yeah. Oh, no. I I really liked those ridiculous gladiator monsters in episode two, like the Reek, the Nexu, and the Acklay. Mm. The Acklay is like the big, like, sticky mantis one that fucking screams. Oh. <laughs> I really like that one. Well, it's I know everyone wants know me to say names. Korg. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't believe you know Wars. the names of those three. Th- oh. oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, They're I, villains. I, yeah, I played it yesterday. That's that's my excuse. That makes sense. <laughs> I might pick Bantha. I feel like Porg is the obvious one. I, I like Porgs, but I think Ooh, Bantha yes. are very cute. They have a funny name, and they're they're big and fluffy. So, yes. yeah, you can mm-hmm. ride on them. Yeah. I do like that they so transparently invented Porgs just to sell toys. Like, I mean, all the Star Wars <laughs> stuff is to sell toys, but, like, the Porgs, like, they're like Those Ewoks. are there for no reason except that. Well, Wasn't and they cover the puffins. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, the puffins. Yeah. Oh, when they that was just yeah. covered in puffins, you can't wow. get rid of them. Yeah. So they either yeah. had to scrub them out digitally or just put something on top of them. So it was kind of yeah, a two right. birds, one stone. Yeah. Yeah, and the marketing department's going to be pleased. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that makes sense, yeah. Star Wars creatures. There's that big um the fish that tries to eat them when they're underwater. On the, oh, on the, the bigger boom. fish or the wait, bigger the fish, smaller fish or bigger fish? The big big fish. The biggest like of the, the hammerhead thingy. Didn't it have bigger, a hammerhead? Yeah, yeah. yeah. comes up. Yeah. Oh, I just hit my mic. I relate to that. <laughs> it worked. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that guy deserves more love than he gets. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I like how it's never explained or explored. Yeah, it feels like this is very open ended. Really good, you know. Yeah, just, just dropping something hey, in and being that like, that exists fish now. has a complex inner life that we just haven't seen yeah. on film yet. Probably. You know, There's probably an expanded series. universe novel about it. Isn't <laughs> oh, there an expanded universe that. novel that explains, like, the trash compactor monster was Force-sensitive and, like, about the trash grabbed Luke? Monster. I think so. Since he was also strong in the <laughs> Another force. rich and interesting character. <laughs> given and then she blew yeah, up with time. the Death Star. Good work. <laughs> oh. Do you guys have a favorite alien species, like, of, you know, intelligent life? Um... I like the one that Kit Fisto is part of. Yeah, I was going to say, what's, what kiss, oh, is Kit Fisto? Oh, oh not Rodians. Um, they might be the Calamarians yeah. or whatever. No, no the Calamarians no, are, um, it's a trap. Admiral Hold on, Akbar, I'm guy. on the case. I'm yeah. on the case. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Blue. Uh, yeah, yeah what is Admiral Kit Fisto? Akbar and the other guy. Uh, now Tolan. N A U T O L A N. Now Tolan. That actually kind of makes sense. Like Nautilus. Yeah. They got like a fun design to them. I guess I've only seen I like the Ithorians, which are like the hammerhead one that you see in the cantina. Ooh. They're very cute. I think also Toydarians, uh, Watto's species. Oh, yeah. He's not cute, but then if you watch the animated <laughs> series and you see others of his species, they have like big cartoony eyes and they're really cute. Oh, yeah, really? So we just had a bad representative of that race, <laughs> but they can actually be really cute. Yeah. Blue, what about I, uh, you? also got the benefit of not just looking like a reskinned person with a weird thing on their head. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> Unlike all the other aliens. <laughs> yeah. I, I like whatever the hell Plo Koon is because his mm. like Bane mask is is kind of oh, cool. He's, very he's cool. the only Jedi who wears sunglasses all the time, uh, <laughs> and that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, awesome. Well, 
Well, we have time for one last question here before we sign mm. off. So, Red, as per usual, this is your warning that we are going to be doing an outro soon. So, if you, I know it's it's been, it feels like it's been a minute. I think it's been exactly two weeks. So, if you know, just shake <laughs> off that rust, you know, get ready in uh -huh. the background of this question. It's very important. Um, well, I think disregarding your warning would be real bad boy behavior on my oh part. My well, you know, <laughs> uh, it's hard to compete when I set the standards for bad boy on this channel. But uh, this for, question comes. For, wait, hold on, Indigo. <laughs> we, we can't. For the we context of Jenny and also anyone who didn't watch uh, our stream um, last weekend, uh, Indigo opened the stream proclaiming that her goal was to be the bad boy <laughs> of the stream and was upstaged uh, every minute of the entire nine and a half hours that we were live. <laughs> I try. <laughs> what is more bad boy than being constantly maligned by everyone else around you and refusing to give Bakugo contracts? stands agreed. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's go. Anyway, this next question and this final question comes from Obi, son of Obi. Uh, to all, you have been Brother Baird and have been transformed into an animal to learn a life lesson. What animal Ooh. would you love to be and what animal would you be the most, most frustrated to turn into? Uh, and I guess, like, what life lesson is that animal trying to teach you, you know? So you, you got to pick your animal and your life lesson. Mm. <laughs> Two I feel animals. like one that you one want of thoughtful the you most get. limiting animals must be like any kind of small fish. Yeah, because you're really mm. constrained. Like if you spawn into a river, like there's really not a lot for you to do at that point. <laughs> but how fun to swim around! Yeah, I think true. the the appeal would yeah. wear off after like a week. <laughs> like, all right, I'm ready <laughs> well, to depends, be done like, now. What lesson are you learning as a fish? You know? Yeah, because like, what's, like what's you can really world? only go in one. Like you can try to swim up river, but I don't. Yeah. Why don't you so, swim I mean, you down the river? ocean? I guess that's different. Yeah, but swim down the river. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta learn to go against the current. Be your own fish. Yeah, or maybe so he has lesson. to learn the lesson to go with the current because Ooh, his first yeah. impulse was to swim up the river. But as that's a small fish, he would quickly work. learn that you need to follow. <laughs> to quit being such a fucking yeah. obnoxious contrarian <laughs> yeah. all the time yeah. and just be normal just for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, all right. Well, I changed uh, my yeah. answer. I'm gonna be a fish. <laughs> I thought that was your worst one. You didn't want yeah. to. It, it was, but then I changed it. Okay, so then what's your worst one okay. then? Um, another slightly smaller fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's always a tinier guppy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh god. A lot of fish content this episode, which is something of a running mm -hmm. theme. I'll, on this I'll need a think. I'll, I'll need yeah. a think on that. I mean, mm. like most children, I know for a fact that the animal I would want to become is a wolf. Because wolves okay. are cool and edgy yep. and badass. Uh, What's your lesson? And, uh, well, the thing is, mm -hmm. I don't think I would be turned into a wolf to learn a lesson other than you really overestimate how functional you'll be without thumbs. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. Learning a lesson, like, I mean, turning into a bear straight up kicks ass. Like, I know the guy had reasons to not be happy with it, but in terms of... The, the full spectrum of things in the animal kingdom you could turn into that could suck. Bear is pretty high up the food chain, so, like, mm. could be a lot worse. So I feel like the problem is if you're too tiny and too vulnerable, you, like, get eaten so quickly you can't possibly learn your lesson. Um, whereas I approve of the, the school of, of curses in Emperor's New Groove, for instance, where you turn him into nature's most obnoxious quadruped, <laughs> the llama. Um, <laughs> And I think that could be pretty good because uh, I'd be grotesquely out of my element, except in Peru. Uh, <laughs> and thus I'd learn what it is to be a stranger in a strange land, okay. <laughs> ill-suited for every environment in the world. And also I'd get to be a llama. So, you know, 
So is that your good or your your worst? I think that's the bad one, but wolf I think good. I'd like it more than Wolf mm-hmm. in the long term okay. because like the Wolf one I'd okay. go into being like this is going to be so cool and then yeah. I'd be like everything's itchy and I don't have thumbs and I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if I'm a llama, I'm like, "Oh, this blows." But then I'm like, "Well, at least I'm tall mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like you could actually services. make like a compelling version of the movie where a character who's like a super loner gets turned into a wolf and they have to like find their pack Ooh. and stop being such an ah. edge lord all the time. <laughs> brother That's a wolf, solid one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, brother wolf. Yeah, stop being a lone wolf, bro. Ooh, yeah, that line is gonna be like the tagline on the poster. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every lone wolf needs a pack. It's just a big <laughs> splash image. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brother Bear, the sequel. He gets turned into something else this time. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, mine, it would be an opposite lesson. I mean, I'm kind of reverse engineering this from my desire to be turned into a spider. Um, And I guess in mythology, that would be just to learn humility. But I think Mm. the the better lesson from being a spider uh, would definitely be the importance of solitude. Because you never really Mm. see a spider hanging out with other spiders. They don't really like that. So I feel like you could have a beautiful, like, kind of cottagecore summer where you're just, like, yeah. on a peaceful farm, like, on the beams of their wraparound porch, weaving your quiet web. It's like, you know, when someone, when an assassin in, like, a medieval tale uh, retires to live on a humble farm where, like, none of the others in the village understand that this was once a dangerous man. He just uh, gathers his firewood and uh, tends to his crops. That would be me as a spider. It'd be beautiful. Um, I think the worst one would probably be a shrimp because the way they move yeah. looks miserable to me <laughs> and they're gross looking and they it's live in cold water. Like 30 limbs. Yeah, and then people eat them. It's just like, I can't think of any good thing about it to just be like this all the time, curled mm. up and yeah, it's just, it's gross. It's pretty gross. I guess yeah. that's kind of how I sit in my desk chair though, but <laughs> I wouldn't want to be wiggling through the ocean like that. No. Certainly not. Maybe the lesson yeah. of being turned into a shrimp is that all us YouTubers have terrible posture. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Curl your back once yeah. in a while, dork. It probably is, yeah. 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 Probably. I feel like we're sleeping on the possibility of being a bird, but I'm not sure what being a bird, like, what lesson that imparts, you know, other than flying. Yeah, is and really then, like, cool. you can't sleep. You'd be, feel like that's, you were going to get eaten all the time. That's yeah. true. I do really desperately need to learn work. the moral lesson of sleep is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true though. If you were like a bald eagle, I feel like even yeah. a bald eagle could just straight up lie like on its back and like no one's gonna mess with it. <laughs> and also, you're uh, protected true. by the U.S. government exactly. because you're an endangered Humans species. Humans can't hunt so. you. Yeah. So the, the lesson is just <laughs> learning to sleep without fear. Yeah. 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 Submit to the authority of the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah. It's an exciting film. Some yeah. This version of Brother Bear was made in the 1940s. <laughs> this version yeah. of Brother, Brother Bear was sponsored by the U.S. Army. Uh, I could actually <laughs> see that being like, know, like some libertarian on like a compound somewhere. Yeah. 100% gets like Brother Bear to do a bald made. eagle and is like, uh, like has like an odd friendship with like the park ranger who happens to have been in the like the Air Force or something. Yeah. Oh, no. Got to get that in there. Uh, and there's a moment at the finale when like they call in a favor from all their old Air Force buds and we get all the glamour yep. shots of like yeah. the planes. And they're flying <laughs> alongside the eagle mm-hmm. and it's playing. Like, yeah, beautiful. exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that has nothing to do with Indigo's answer, but I think no, we you didn't even pick yet. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. I think my good my good answer is any sort of like lizard that would hang out on a rock a lot and chill. Because I need to learn how to just like take breaks, you know, sun out on a rock, lay out, be a little li- lizard guy, hang nice. out, be cool. Um, bad answer. 
those little sandpipers that are on the beach that I have to like run away from the wave because it's just constant, you know, mm. like you've constantly got to be running. And I, I don't have that kind of endurance. So I feel like I get pretty tired pretty fast if that was the lesson the would bio. just be cardio. It would be like yeah. a supernatural <laughs> personal trainer. Yeah, the lesson is just <laughs> cardio is much more important than you think it is. Yeah, um, and it, instead of like the brother bear, like spiritual voices, it's just like a personal trainer dude that's like, come on, pick it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah. one, two, three. And, but that the voice is coming out of like a, a larger stage. <laughs> and it's coming out of the voice of like a larger seagull on the beach who's just also there but doesn't yeah. have to run from the waves He's so just like a bro. It, it's, it's inescapable yeah exactly that's my like animal sidekick because you know brother bear they have the, the moose that are hanging around yeah. i've got seagulls oh, great yeah. i'd watch any of these movies um oh yeah but, <laughs> but that is time on the podcast uh jenny thank you so much for joining us and red if you're if you're ready um have you learned the important lesson of how to do this outro uh correctly by now Eh, oh, maybe we this. need a few more sequels before it really oh, hits home. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, we'll be back on Friday with more regular videos and such like. Uh, wait, depending on which week. No, oh, yeah, that's correct. That's still correct. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, don't read too far into that. Uh, there will also be another podcast episode in two weeks. Uh, next Wednesday, as always. It's bi-weekly. Not the other bi-weekly. This bi-weekly. Um, and uh, thank you so much, Jenny Nicholson, for uh, coming on this podcast. It was great meeting you and <laughs> hanging out. This is very fun for me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I guess until next time, I've been red. I have been blue. Uh, Jenny, real quick, where can people find your channel if they want to see more of your work? They can uh, search for my just my name, Jenny Nicholson, on YouTube. And... Uh, yeah, click whatever sounds of interest. Also, I've Perfect. chosen what color I want to claim. I'm going to be goldenrod. Oh, yes, as is your right. Mm -hmm. So I've been uh, goldenrod. Ah, nice. fantastic. And <laughs> this yeah. has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Woo. <laughs> Nearly beefed it on the end of production. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on August 24th, but if you miss us before then, check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube. Got a question for the pod? Head over to Ask OS Pod on Discord for a chance to be featured in a future episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and our guest Jenny's content can be found in the show notes below. And personally, I think getting the outro read perfect only when Indigo isn't around to hear it is a very bad boy move on my part. <laughs>